and welcome to Connected, episode 442. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Fitbod, Electric, ZocDoc, and Setapp. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very good. Thank you. How are you? I am good. We are also joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. We're all here. We got a bunch of stuff to do today. I'm excited. What? No. No. No, no. Do you remember? I think I did this once before. It's like it's not actually a quiz, but we're like technically like tiptoeing into the quizzes here because mm. I have quizzes follow up. Okay. This isn't actually a quiz. I okay. have an important piece of quizzes news for you. Oh, Very no. important. The point I was contacted wrong. by Relay FM historian Kate to let me know I made an error in the scoring <sighs> of the last episode. Wow. So, Stop the count. Well, that was the problem as I stopped the count too soon. Mm. So I'm dealing with a lot of numbers, right? And they go into a spreadsheet. And the question, I think it was question number seven, what is Federico's preferred Mac? Federico's got the 10, 20, and 40-point answers. But in my spreadsheet, I wrote 10, 20, 20. So Federico not actually won the entire game and is 20 points higher than I said he was. So this is good news for me. This is great news for you. Oh, yes. I love this piece of follow-up. Yeah. So I made Thank a slight you, Kate. Error. You got my back. I appreciate it. Thank yep. you. Kate couldn't have been nicer in the way that they presented this information to me, which I really appreciate. Looking out for justice. Mm -hmm. I love this. Uh, Thank you. I was you. surprised that only Kate wrote in about this but there were apparently a couple of people that noticed and they were discussing it in the background but only one person contacted me only so, person who cares about the truth yes and you know what what is right mm -hmm. in this program thank you so the actual score for the do the passionate ones know you round two was steven scored 580 points and federico scored 590 points nice and so now the overall total scores for this year is Steven at 10, uh, 10.20 and Federico at 11.20. Nice. I'm the champion. That's the end of my follow-up. Thank you to Kate and everybody else that worked together to try and correct me. Now, I'm glad it's been corrected because when I mount my comeback and win this year, I don't want to be tainted by your poor arithmetic. No collusion. No collusion. So somebody was writing banana phone in a lot, which was really annoying, and I mentioned how annoying I found it. Mm -hmm. uh, Brett wrote in to say, the banana phone reference. I did not give that answer for the quizzes, but it's a very important reference to a classic children's song from Wikipedia. Banana Phone is a children's album released by Raffi and Michael Kreber in 1994. The album is best known for its title track, which uses puns such as, it's a phone with appeal, like appeal, and oh, non-words oh. like bananula and interactivodula as Rafi extols the virtues of his unique telephone. This is absolutely 100% not at all helpful in any way or relevant or anything. I have no idea what any of this is. Yeah. It's completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter that somebody said this. There is absolutely zero reason to write banana phone like seven times into the survey. Like, I have, yes. What, what even, who are Rafi and Michael? They're the people who voted in the, in the poll, clearly. That is the only way I would find this acceptable. Is no. If the person who created the song filled out the quiz. 
Like, I don't care that you like the song or that you think it's funny. Like, just stop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I got to say. Well, never I stop. Bet, I bet I this, is an, this, this is an American thing, right? I bet this is an American thing. I, I'd never heard of it. I even looked it up on YouTube and it didn't like ring any like bells deep in my memory. I want to bet because, because Americans, they have a tendency to believe that all of the cultural references are shared worldwide. Yes. That's oh, true. Canadian. Oh, that's why no one knows about it. Even worse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Those Canadians. <laughs> we well, start a war with Canada. They ain't going to fight back. They'll just apologize. Yeah. What's the oh, deal with Canadians? Look at, look at Michael. Michael seems to be having a good time mm-hmm. in these photos. Apple Music Classical. Boys, we're just a few days away from its launch on the iPhone. Oh, are, yeah. Are you excited? I even forgot about it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I mean. Adrian yeah. wrote in, because uh, we, we were talking about how it's on the iPhone and it's not on the iPad and Mac. Uh, it will be coming to Android, quote, coming soon, is I think is what Apple has said. And uh, Adrian wrote in to remind us of that and kind of wondering why it would be on Android, but not the Mac and iPad. Any thoughts? I, I think mean, that's, I, uh, I think they have a point. I think it, it, uh, this idea of um, from Adrian's feedback, so this idea that uh, more, there are more subscribers who don't have an iPhone than there are iPad or Mac users who don't have an iPhone. Like, you know, actually, I think this explanation makes a lot more sense than mine. What about the? Because that that one, I think I said it on the episode. It's like that makes sense, but didn't feel necessarily mm-hmm. like the reason to do it because there are some Android-based like DAX or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I still say like sure. But this is Apple, though. Sure, but yeah, it's it's still not a good look for the. Yeah, it's not good yeah. enough from in my and I, I and I think it'd be fine if there was no Mac app. It's the iPad app, which is I <laughs> yeah, think the yeah. most egregious. It's right there, like. <laughs> yeah, it's the same operating system essentially, right? Like, all good apps should be made with the way that they should be able to be scaled to to the iPad. So. Especially if this is, as you would assume, built on the architecture of the music app, which already does this, you know. Um, and and, so. and we should say, like, Apple Music is on Android because Beats Music was on Android. And I think Apple wants their music service to be as, as big as possible, right? I mean, clearly there's some strategy there beyond just, like, the historic reasons. But it's definitely not a good look for Apple's other products. Uh, iOS 16.4. Release candidate is out, uh, which means the thing is probably launching next uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. I want to say probably Tuesday. Woo! So it's it's pretty much done. Uh, we have the full release notes. A couple of things that I saved uh, that I wanted to point out to you guys. I copied the release notes uh, on my iPhone, so uh, we confirmed twenty one new emoji uh, notifications for web apps. We talked about this. Something new that wasn't mentioned before: the voice isol- isolation audio effect. You know, the, the, the thing that used to be like FaceTime and uh, voice over IP apps only that sort of isolates your voice, uh, cuts out, you know, background uh, sounds and noise. Uh, it's also coming to cellular phone calls, uh, which is pretty nice because, I mean, there are many times where, for example, I call my mom 
right? And uh, just just a straight up regular phone call. And uh, to have that audio effect sounds pretty cool. Like if I'm, I don't know, like if, if, if I'm at the mall, for example, and my mom calls me, I can just turn on voice isolation and she's going to hear me better. Uh, it's pretty nice, I think. Pretty nice addition. I think it makes sense. And on iPadOS, there's the thing that, that I think is new in the release notes, like they didn't previously disclose this addition. If you guys can help me make sense of this, please. Uh, Apple Pencil Hover adds tilt and azimuth support. So you can preview your mark at any angle before you make it in notes and supported apps. Can you spell that word for me? Azimuth, A-Z-I-M-U-T-H. No, tilt. Yeah. <laughs> you spell tilt? <laughs> the direction of a celestial object from the observer expressed as the angular distance from the north or south point of the horizon to the point at which a vertical circle passing through the object intersects the horizon. Correct me if I'm wrong. Azimuth should be the opposite of zenith, I think. Anybody here? Zenith How and could azimuth? I possibly correct you? No, you know what I mean? You, ne- you never heard about this? Zenith and Azimuth? But I never, basically, I, ne- I can never recall which is which. I'm currently looking at a diagram on Google which has celestial meridian, zenith, observer, horizon, star, altitude. So Z- zenith is a thing. So. Oh, no, they're not. Zenith and Nadir. Oh, thank you, Jason, and thank you, Vidit. They're not the opposite. Okay. So what is something. happening right now? I don't understand 70% of the words people are saying. All right, all right. So I know this. <laughs> I know this because when I was little, I got to tell you, when I was little, I was an incredible nerd when it came to, you know, you know the machina, you know the, the machina of Santa Rosa in Viterbo, the big celebration in my hometown. So, and there used to be these like technical sketches of each model of the machina. And I remember when I was like, seven or eight i was looking at these technical drawings of each model and there used to be like this word like zenith point and i remember asking my mom what's a zenith point and i believe that the zenith point of the machina used to be like the machina as seen from above yeah right so imagine it looks like imagine if you stand on a tall tower and the at the exact perpendicular center of it and you look down that should be the zenith point so what is the azimuth point anyway? It looks like if you were to hold, like if you were to tilt something and move it kind of like left and right based on this article. Okay. Or okay. on this diagram, I should say. Hmm. So zenith and nadir. Oh, thank you, Jason. Those are really good words. I don't know why we can't just get along with tilt. Like I feel like tilt would be perfectly acceptable, but maybe to people that really care, they want azimuth written in there. But that's good news, I suppose. I mean, you sh- you're supposed to, you're supposed to know these fancy words, you know. Why? Well, it's it's good culture. It's good education to know them. Yeah, I have, I I have not a lot of education, and I've done fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's okay, man. It's fine. Um, cool. So anyway, sixteen point four. Education. This small topic took us places we did not expect. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Stephen, there, what you got for us? Uh, well, there is one more feature in the release candidate that I wanted to point out is that oh it, yes, it yes. includes duplicate detection and merging in a shared photo library. Now that has been, I mean, unless I'm just like misunderstanding, that's been on the Mac. Like it's on the Mac right now. I'm looking at it. I open photos in preparation for this. Like, oh, I can see duplicates. And I can see them in, like, across 
personal and shared library. But anyways, I don't know if it's new to the Mac as well or they're changing something about it, but it is on uh, iOS now, uh, which is great. It's a pretty sweet feature. I have not uh, really had much trouble with it. I mean, my photo library, uh, I guess we've talked about, is like a real disaster right now with having combined my wife and I's, and there's a lot of overlap and stuff. So I probably will just let the duplication thing figure out what it wants to do and then go about my, you know, tagging. And I got a bunch of photos without dates and locations and stuff to fix, but, uh, so far so good. Oh, by the way, this, the Zenith point of the machina is if you stand below it and you look up, I think. And then oh, the deer point, okay. yeah, like the- which I did when I was little. Yeah. Um, my, my parents took me, I was like 10, um, to see it inside before the uh, the event that must have been amazing yeah it was incredible like it's super scary but like you stand uh, inside it and under it basically and you look up and you see this whole structure inside like electrical wires like there's a you know steel reinforced steel cables it's wild so when you look up it's the zenith point and if you were to stand on top of it all and look down that would be the nadir point of it. Hmm. Cool. I love watching that live stream when they're carrying it through town, and it's amazing. They're they're changing it, I think, uh, next year uh, because of uh, like it, it, the model is supposed to refresh every seven years, but then because of COVID, uh, you know, they the 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 local administration chose wisely chose to spend the money elsewhere yeah. <laughs> during the years of the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> And so they're yeah. like, we are going to spend a bunch of money on a new model in 2024. Uh, so, you know, the Machina and the iPad Pro going hand in hand with new models in 2024. Oh, let Machina come in in 2024. <laughs> it's going to cost twice as much for gonna be no real reason. It's going to look the same. <laughs> <laughs> Still can't run two apps at a time very well. Uh, I just want to just to shout something out on the show. I have, I've had... Over the last few months, people have asked me, like, oh, can I get the wallpapers or the calendar dates from the Kickstarters? Because I run those where you can buy them separately or during a Kickstarter or afterwards. Uh, But I was like, oh, I should just have them up year-round. And so there's a link in the show notes if you want those wallpapers or ICS versions of the calendars that you can subscribe to in iCloud or Google or wherever you are. Uh, They're all available now year-round that together this week and uh i think people are enjoying it which is cool i'm an e-merchant now mm. oh well <laughs> congratulations coming after jeff bezos yeah. oh uh, wow. wow i even have a book on here i've got my old imac and os 10 book on here as a pdf now so lofty goals why don't you put the uh genius book on there nope nope that we don't talk about that project <laughs> <laughs> that just popped into my head man that was a good book that caused a lot of trouble. What with was some it people. called? Uh, bartending. Genius name. Yeah. Listener, listener, listen to me. Do not look for this book. You're not going to find it. It wasn't very good. I just found it on Mac Stories. Yeah, there you go. There it is right there. This episode of Connected is brought to you by FitBod. Getting fitter is one of those things that has knock-on effects in other areas of your life that you might not expect, like having more energy and sleeping better. But it can be hard to know where to start. I mean, getting started with a workout routine, it can be really intimidating. And that's where FitBot comes in. It's an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that's just for you. FitBot's algorithm learns about you, your goals, and your training ability. 
It creates custom dynamic programs based on your experience and any equipment you have. And it's all in an app that makes it incredibly easy to learn and perform each exercise. Personal fitness is not about competing with other people. I don't want to like see a video of John Voorhees, you know, deadlifting something and try to replicate what he's doing. I need something that's going to work for me. Mm. That's when it sticks. Everyone's fitness path is different. That's why FitBod uses actual data from your workouts to customize things exactly to suit you. So it looks at strength training ability, past workouts, available gym equipment, and even things like uh, muscle fatigue and recovery. So it takes all of that data and creates workouts just for you. My favorite part about the app is the 1400 video tutorials in it. So if you're unfamiliar with an exercise, you can see a professional doing that exercise, usually from multiple angles, make sure that you're doing it correctly and safely. And FitBod integrates with a whole bunch of stuff. The Apple Watch, Wear OS smartwatches, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. I've used FitBod for several years now, and I really do love it. I've Anytime I'm working out, it's open on my phone, and uh, I can really see the change because of it. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. You can get 25% off your membership, though, by signing up on the web at fitbod.me connected. So go there now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me connected, and you'll get 25% off your membership. That link is also in the show notes, fitbod.me connected. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of the show and Relay FM. Wade wrote in and asks, Follow up to the roast of your Apple Watches from episode 437. Do any of you use alternate Apple Watch faces for different activities? Um, well, I don't know if this counts as a valid answer to the question. Uh, I have uh, three watch faces that I use. Uh, I have a work one, a personal one, and a sleep one. Every once in a while, usually when it's like New Year's Eve or when there's a birthday party and we are counting down for you know at midnight, uh, I put on an analog watch face, which I usually never use because you know my stance on analog um, watch faces, but it's a very effective way to do, you know, 10, 9, 8, you know, the whole countdown mm-hmm. thing. Um, so when, when that occasion um, occurs, I installed watch face beforehand i use it and then when you know after the celebration is done i just delete the watch face you delete it yeah you can just swipe it up and you know just wow. get it out of the way i don't need to see it i don't need to that see the aggressive. clock hands you know it's not you know the medieval age when so. you have embargoes what do you use to count the, like the seconds oh yeah. i just look at the minute and when the minute is up I just yeah, I just wait. You just like got your finger just hovering over the publish button. You just wait for yeah. the moment to change. Yeah, you, you don't. So you, you can't could trust waiting, WordPress like, scheduling in an embargo situation. No, you don't want to schedule an no, embargo. No, no, but I'm saying you could be waiting up to 59 seconds with your finger. Yeah, well, just that's the beauty of it, right? I, nice. I have my whole routine before uh, big embargoes. I like to listen to "Live Forever" by Oasis. <laughs> so in case anything, in case anything bad happens, so specific. Like I literally do this. And and also before and also before publishing my big iOS reviews, I always listen to "Live Forever" by Oasis. It's a sort of it's like my good luck thing, but also like you know it's inspirational. Like in case anything bad happens, so I just you know live forever. I'm gonna live wait, forever. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Can you tie those two things together for me? Why, like, if anything bad happens, does "Live Forever" help you? 
like because because I like to be in the mindset that even if I somehow destroy my website, I'm gonna live forever in other people's memories. Okay, so you're gonna live forever anyway. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now I want to ask Stephen both of these questions. Do you have any Apple Watch faces, and what do you do when you publish things on an embargo? <laughs> I don't have an embargo very often, which is nice. Okay. But uh, my main watch face, as discussed, is modular. But I also have modular compact, which is basically the same, except I ditch the calendar and use like a full, like the full size carrot weather one. That's normally my weekend face because I get the time, activity rings, and the weather. I also have a modular face for workouts that has a stopwatch. And then the complications are overcast, fit bod and carrot weather and activity rings and then my like i don't really want to see anything i just want to kind of wear a watch and it be as simple as possible uh, i love solar graph which is an old watch face but uh, i'm a big fan of it and that's my like maybe it's you know maybe we're out to dinner or something and i've worn the apple watch but i don't really want anything except the date and time then uh, i use that one i feel like you two were sandbagging me when we did the the watch rust and the I, fact that you will use like four watch faces each. But I would say 90% of the time I'm on the one we talked about. Like uh, I don't have a separate sleep one because I use the sleep modes. So my watch just goes, you know, in the sleep mode where there's no face. So right. Um, I, I would say not, at least 90% of the time I'm on that. I'm on that main one. Okay. I use just one. I have like four on the thing, but they're just the watch faces I was using previously, you know, yeah. like, Pretty much every time, well, whenever Apple brings out a new watch face that I like, I just switch to that one. But then, like, the ones from previous years are still there. So, like, I use, what is it, Metropolitan now. Before that, I was using California. Before that was World Time. Before that was GMT. So, they all just kind of live there like a little family, like a, like, a, like a family tree kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a time machine backup of watch faces. You know what? It actually is kind of like that. <laughs> That's actually side note question. How and if and what <laughs> upon which device? How and if upon which? How and if and upon? <laughs> if. Yeah, that's a lot of English, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how if upon? You know, uh, time machine. <laughs> what? What are you even saying? <laughs> what is happening? Okay, can I stop? <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know is <laughs> yeah present present tense come on go on you can do it <laughs> okay so let me go back I feel like I had to start over again so time machine <laughs> time machine <laughs> alright so my MacBook Air right <laughs> Is this all about your MacBook Air? This whole sentence? Uh, as I'm like saying this, I'm now realizing it's probably the easier way to do this. But my MacBook Air, I plug it into my uh, studio display every day, right? Mm -hmm. And I only plug, I plug it straight into the studio display because yeah. then the studio display just has like a couple of dongles used filling up the other USB-C ports. I don't use a dock for that one because it's simple. Okay. But I came to the realization that I'm, because of that, not backing up that machine to time machine. Oh, mm. that's fine. whatevs, mm. man. Whatever. Everything's in Dropbox and everything's being backed up to Backblaze. It's totally fine. 
what I wanted to just see, is there still a way to do Time Machine over the network? Yes, there is. How do you, and see, now this is why I was like, how and upon, right? Like, how do you do it? And upon which device do you do it? Like, how do you do that? I don't even understand how it works. How and upon I am going to uh, put a link uh, in the Google Doc that you can go read later about it because it's complicated to talk about. But basically, you set it up on a Mac and it's in the sharing system settings pane. I use this. uh, But what does it back up to, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I use this at home. Not for my machine, but for my wife's machine and the couple of laptops the kids use for like school homework and stuff. And I just have like a, maybe it's like a six terabyte spinning hard drive hanging off the Mac mini that's under my TV. That's kind of like the media center computer. Okay. And those laptops all just back up over the network to that six terabyte drive. And so you set it up on the host computer, if you will, and then you go to the remote computer and tell it oh back up over here it's really pretty straightforward it used to require like mac os 10 server back in the day but now it's just built into regular mac os okay so i would need to put another drive on say my macbook pro which is always docked and just sleeping yeah yeah make this work Mm -hmm. all right that's that is a feasible thing to do Oh yeah, and uh, and it, yeah. in in my experience, I've had it running for years, and it's been really solid. Like, I don't really ever get failures on it, where like a computer just stops backing up. It's been really, really great. Now, because it's over the network, leave the computer there over the weekend for the first backup. <laughs> like, the first one's gonna take a while, but then after that, like you know, I mean, it's pretty quick because it's just over the local network. So it's uh, yeah, it's totally manageable and and really easy to do now. Okay, I'll take a look into this. How upon, how upon, and what, and what? Nailed it. Cubes are out. Triangles mm. are in. Mm. No, give people the goods. Read what you wrote in our document. It's funny. Uh, tiny topic two. Tired cubes, wired triangles. <laughs> See, perfect. <laughs> I disagree. I will say, when I first read that, I was very confused. I read it as tired cubes, wired triangles. I was like, what the hell's going on? Right? Like, if you just read it, like, not in that format, tired cubes, wired triangles. That's very confusing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is a new uh, multi-charger from Anchor. So it's 15-watt MagSafe charging. And it's like a little triangle. Your phone goes on the front of it. And then the Apple Watch arm kind of just uh, sticks out the side. And uh, I- I'm really just joking. And then there's the charger on, on the underneath. On the on the, uh, z- on the zenith of it or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that the zenith? I don't know. I blacked out in that it's section. It's on the nadir because you would be up and looking down it's on, on it the to nadir. see it. Exactly. Thank you, Mike. Mm. Yes. See? Okay. See, who needs school when I can just learn this on a podcast? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I learned everything I needed to know from podcasts. Same. I learned everything I need to know from Jason Snell apart. Podcast so University. Where that's what we yes. all went to. We yes. Studied at Podcast the, U. The PU. Yeah. Studied at PU. PU. MPU. You rebrand the MPU as the My Podcast University. My Power University. Yeah. My <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> there you go. Nailed it. Got it. Love it. <laughs> Just as I'm going to put some follow-up inside of this topic before we talk about it, I caught up on Mac Power users. Mm -hmm. So I'm also like fully up to date now too. I just hadn't listened to that episode yet where you spoke about your 
computer changing. Yeah. And I feel like I don't fully understand what you've done or why you've done it. Like, I feel <laughs> like you just kind of said, I've done this thing, but there yeah. was no, like, I've done this you thing. were just like, oh, a laptop seems nicer. Like, that wasn't a reason. Mm. I expanded upon it in the 512 members newsletter. Oh, for God's sake. I guess what Mike is trying to say, imagine the show we would have been able to put on, Mike and I, yeah. if you told us you had yes. switched computers. Because <laughs> like David is just nice on, to you. We would have put on a whole drama about it. And instead, you know, you just got a nice guy to tell you, yeah, that's a good idea. Why are you making it so complicated, right? Like I have to listen to Mac Power users and then read your newsletter to get the full story. Why can't you just tell me? Because this is your response. <laughs> because I, we want to get to do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. You did, well, you didn't want I want the... more from you. So, like, y- you just said, like, oh, I just stopped using my Mac Studio. <laughs> now I have a laptop. <laughs> like, that's not satisfactory. Not satisfactory. So, it's uh, it it really came down to the fact that I've been running the two computer lifestyle for like seven or eight years now. A long time. Mm, tell me about it. Since I moved into the studio. So I guess like, yeah, like seven, seven and a half years. I like a lot about the two computer lifestyle. And so I would have a desktop and then I would have a notebook. And the notebook would be a subset of my data, my applications, my workflows, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it was especially great or like not a big deal during the pandemic because I was just always using the desktop, right? Because I didn't go anywhere. But uh, uh, increasingly, and it's kind of a thing I want to do this year even more, is work more out of the office when I can. And mm-hmm. there were just several times where I would be in the situation where like, oh, crap, uh, the podcast I was going to edit here at the coffee shop <laughs> is on the Mac Studio at home or, or the Mac Pro or whatever the desktop was at the time. Even though it's easier than ever to run the two Mac lifestyle I just kind of realized that like this is overhead that I don't actually need because the studio display is awesome and the MacBook Pro is awesome and I can get a Thunderbolt dock and everything runs through that. So it really was about simplifying my setup. I'm really enjoying having like everything with me at one place. So like last week we were on spring break. I was out of town for a few days. And I took my computer. I was like, oh, I have just everything with me. I don't have the overhead of like make sure the files are in Dropbox or oh, I changed this setting or this, you know, whatever on the, mm. that computer. It's not changed on this computer. So it's really a simplification. And the 14-inch MacBook Pro is so good, it seemed like the uh, the way to go when I wanted to try this out. But you didn't have one of those, though, did you? You had to get one of those, right? I had a 14-inch M1 Pro, the first 14, but Mary took it. The kids were using an old Intel MacBook Air that was like on its last legs. And so her M1 Air went down to them for schoolwork and, you know, Roblox and stuff. And then she got my 14-inch MacBook Pro. Um, I was willing to get her whatever she wanted, but she really likes the size of the 14-inch. Like, because she's been on MacBook Airs forever. Didn't you have an M2 Air? I still, yeah. So I, I have an M2 Air. And I told her, I was like, if you want, like, what do you want? And she kind of looked at them both, and she she said she liked the bigger screen of the 14-inch. Because she went from, uh, for a long time, she had a LG, an LG, 4, LG 4K Ultrafine, like the 21 and a half inch. And she got away from that and like just using a notebook as a notebook. And so she wanted the bigger screen. She really liked the 14-inch. So she has the M1 Pro 14-inch. Like that is still in our house. It's sitting 
in the house right now, like on the kitchen Hold table. Hold on a second. I'm lost. So you had, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, a Mac Studio, yes. a 14-inch MacBook Pro M1, and an M2 MacBook Air. Well, she was using the MacBook Pro. She's been using it for months now. Oh, that was when you got the, the uh, Air. Yeah. So when I got the M2 Air, I bought it initially to review it. And then while I had it, right, like the Intel, the, the Intel Pro Air was just like just falling apart. I was like, okay, okay, which oh. one, Mary? Which one do you want? And I'll just take whatever you don't because at that time it was my secondary computer. Well, she mm-hmm. chose the MacBook Pro, leaving mm-hmm. me with the M2 Air as my notebook. Mm-hmm. And I love the M2 Air; it's like an amazing laptop, but it's not enough for my daily. And so mm-hmm. I ended up with a second 14-inch MacBook Pro in the house. Okay, did that all make sense? So you have. Well, I'm not done. So you have, and you bought a new M1 Pro MacBook Pro. Uh, this is an M2 Pro. You bought the M2 Pro yep. MacBook Pro. Yep. Okay, but you also only have one studio display now. Yes. You had two studio displays. I did. Why do you now only have one studio display? Because I'm using the MacBook Pro open to the left of the studio display. Do you like that? I hate that. I I do like it. Um. I'm okay. I'm using it. I don't like the screen's so small when you got it far away. Yeah, th- it is. But the only thing, I, like right now, I have Timery, Todoist, and Audio Hijack over there, and so it's just kind of like a status things I kind of always want to keep my mm-hmm. eye on. And Zoom's over there, but I think hidden at the okay. moment. And uh, and then all of the work on the main studio display. I could have definitely used the the MacBook Pro in clamshell mode, but ended up going with this, and I, I actually really like it. Um, okay. The the other sort of benefit to this is it's a much more mainstream setup than what I've had in a long, long time. I think that's there's something to be said for that too. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the Mac Studio was amazing. The Mac, I loved the 2019 Mac Pro. I cannot wait to buy another one in like 15 years when they're super cheap on eBay. But it's uh, uh, running a four, you know, like a 14 inch MacBook Pro and Studio Display, very common. And so it is nice to kind of be in the world that a lot more people are in. Like, I've got a Thunderbolt dock and, you know, kind of in that world where most uh, listeners and readers are has been, uh, hmm. I think I think it's beneficial cool. to a degree. Now, Steven, I need you to lo- not listen for a minute. I have to ask Federico something. Don't okay. worry about it. It's just something I'll ask him. It's, you don't need to worry about it. Federico. Yes. What's he going to do when that Mac Pro comes out? He's going to buy it, right? Yeah, he is. Like, so like all sure. it's like oh it's so good living one computer and then it's like it we're gonna yeah. be gonna get to like I don't know July it's like oh I got to see Mac Pro because it's so powerful and like you know I need it for my work and yeah by the way living the two computer lifestyle is so nice like that's what's gonna happen and like, he's gonna July. do he's gonna do he's gonna do that um so, someone 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 recently asked me on Mastodon something along the lines of isn't it ironic that in your in your line of work you're never gonna be truly satisfied. And that hit me hard. Ooh, that and I hurts. Realized Wait, Steve, that what are you doing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I realized, I realized, so that hit me real hard. I was like, yeah, this, this person is right. But at yeah, the but same time, good, at the same time, I realized that there's no one more emblematic than this problem than Stephen Hackett. Yes. The most unsatisfied <laughs> of all of us. Like, Steven, we you all can come have back this now problem. Like. <laughs> we mm-hmm. all have this problem. Yeah. <laughs> but Stephen really has this problem. I know? think there's something nice in that feeling when it comes exactly. to technology. Like, I've never been satisfied. Because like we're always we, on the lookout for something more. Exactly. Like we make we, we poke fun in good fun 
in a light-hearted fashion at Steven. But actually, like, I think we're all a little bit... There's a little Steven inside every one of us. <laughs> you know, like, in the sense yeah. that... In the sense that, sense that... we. I mean, it's, it's the nature of our work to always try things and tweak and... And some people have made that, like, actually their career to constantly tinker and do this kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's fun. You can overdo it, I guess what I'm trying to say, to, to Mike's point. You can overdo it, but it's also fun at the same time. Yeah. B but Steven does it in a way that is always, like, you have mastered, I think, this, this, this process of making an announcement and then flip-flopping on that announcement. Like, you've really, you know, made it your own as your thing, which we, we appreciate. That is why, ultimately, Mike and I were just sad that, that you didn't tell us on this show about yeah. it. Mm. Because we would have been supportive. You know, after some fun, as always, we would have been supportive, you know? Yeah, because yeah. none of us will ever be satisfied. Yeah, that's true. Ultimately. One reason it came up on MPU, though, is that David made a pledge that he was not going to buy a new Mac in 2023. Which is stupid. Oh, no, don't it, he is not going yeah. to stick to that He's at all. He's not going to stick to that. It's not going to no. happen. No, there's no way. Uh, and so, part and it of did what, come up very naturally in the episode, because he's like, we both have two Macs, right, Stephen? Like, I know <laughs> why you had to say it at that moment. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, so this anchor wired oh, yeah, charger we thing. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> it's a triangle. And uh, previously it's been said that cubes were the best shape and anchor makes a little charging yes. cube, which I think Federico is a fan of. Are you going to buy the, the triangle charger? No, they are doomed because cube Whoa. is a superior shape, uh -huh. right? The, the triangle, I mean, do you think it's a coincidence that everybody inside the pyramids is dead? Hey, no, because, we have a pyramid here. There's lots of people in it. Yeah, that's true. No, it doesn't matter. Cubes are the better shape, more uh -huh. optimal, yeah. more perfect. Um, cubes in history have survived multiple events. What? What? I don't know what that means. <laughs> not, I don't think he knew what that meant. I, have a, I think that there's a little bit of collusion going on here between Apple and Belkin. Anchor, sorry. <laughs> Apple and Anchor. What's Belkin done? <laughs> uh, don't worry about Belkin. You can forget about them. I think that there's like a little collusion going on because they've put You're saying Belkin doesn't matter? Wow. Wow. I don't even. Because they're, they're getting <laughs> out of the matter standard? Yeah, but this is hey, like, we are hey, seven hey, stories deep now. You didn't need to explain it. You didn't need to explain it. Oh, gosh. I have a joke to make and we're ruining my timing. <laughs> So I think that there's some collusion between Anchor and Apple here, right? Because they want you to put your AirPods inside of the triangle. Mm. And I feel like if you put it inside of the triangle, the AirPods are just going to go, like, they're going to go missing. It's going to be unexplained. Kate, Kate tells me in the Discord, uh, Tichi pyramids were specifically funerary monuments. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think they put dead people inside mm. the triangle shape? Yeah, people are, are, are dying to get in. Inside of a funerary monument. <laughs> Uh, also, like, well, just while we're yeah. in the Discord, Fisher Guy says the show notes this week are like more of a mind map, <laughs> which is really good. And I feel like we should start making our show notes. They should just be mind maps. And we should I've, just see where that takes us. I have no idea form. what any of this, how, where any chapter markers are going to go so far. 
You should just make one chapter marker Chaos. and just be like, it's not possible, and then just leave it. You know, I did that once. We did a, a show several years ago that I think it was like all breaking news. I did like 10 chapters that were all 10 seconds long, and it was a sentence like me apologizing for the lap, lack of chapter markers. It was good. It was peak chapter marker humor. Do you think people like that or not Not like that? Like, I expect people didn't like that. What do you think? I don't know. I don't, probably not. Who could tell? Big news. Big news. Automation April is back. Federico, what's going on? It's coming back. Second annual. Now, you know, you've done the first annual. Now the second annual. The Automation April event that we launched last year, as I promised, I wanted to make it a tradition, is coming back. And uh, so for those who missed it last year, uh, Automation April, it's a month-long event all about shortcuts automation. The URL, man. It's so long. (laughs) This URL is 500 (laughs) words long. MacStories.net slash news slash coming soon. The second annual Automation April community event featuring shortcuts, interviews, Discord, workshops, and a shortcut contest. Jesus, it's the block. You can literally go to AutomationApril. Like, I love this so much. This is the best URL. This is a real John Voorhees move uh, to not shorten it. Like I would have just been like Automation April 2023 I never shorten the URLs either. I mean, look at my stories. I never do it. I love this. This is so good. I love making jokes in my slugs. It's always good. Well, that's because you're a pro blogger. We're not. Oh, they're all like this. It's the default behavior of WordPress, guys. Yeah. Oh, I look, don't ask me. I ain't no blogger. That's okay. true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just looks funny when it's pasted like that. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Automation April. Coming back, there's going to be a contest that's going to run a little shorter than last year, but you're still going to have a couple of weeks to make a shortcut and submit it. There's going to be a web app uh, like last year at automationapple.com. You can use your existing club account or App Stories account, or if if you're not a member, you can just create a free account just for this. Again, all like last year. Uh, a few tweaks to the categories of the contest. We are replacing the HomeKit category uh, with the HealthKit one. If only because we realized it's much easier to make and share a HealthKit-based shortcut with other people than a HomeKit one. Because mm-hmm. with HealthKit, you know, uh, the HealthKit actions in shortcuts, they adapt to my iPhone and my Apple Watch. Yeah. But if I don't have the same garage door as you, uh, there's there's very little I can do with the shortcut. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can come up with my garage High barrier to entry on those shortcuts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we are replacing the uh, health kit category with the home kit category with the health kit one. Uh, so a few updates in the lineup of judges for you know the automation April contest. Uh, notably, we are introducing the winner of the best overall shortcut from last year. Uh, Jack Wellborn is going to be a judge, uh, graduating from winner last Ooh. year to judge. I like that. This year. Yeah, is that, thank you. Let me ask you a question. Is that now a prize or is that like not necessarily going to happen? Well, it's a like perk. I like, to, I like to think it's, it's a perk. It's if you win, you get the option to become... You get the option, like, and uh, mostly just, you know, Jack will be able to participate again next year. So I want to I wanna prevent, you know, people from winning multiple years in a smart. row. Just, I just want to, so, you know, okay. have a little 
a little, mm-hmm. you know, d- different takes on shortcut automation. Yeah, I like it. And then we're you know, we're gonna learn from last year. We're gonna do what worked and not do what didn't work. Uh, so you can expect articles on Mac stories. I'm gonna, make, I have a pretty sweet shortcut I'm working on. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, f- You're gonna try and win. Are you like entering the contest? <laughs> no, no, I'm a judge. Can you so imagine? I cannot enter the, <laughs> the contest. winner this year is me. Collusion. Baby. I'm the best at I shortcuts. I won. I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be so. There's gonna be uh, articles on Mac stories. Uh, there's gonna be shortcuts on Mac stories weekly. I'm gonna do. Uh, I really want to do like a, at least a couple of Automation Academy lessons uh, for more advanced, uh, you know, like explanations of, of shortcuts. Special episodes of App Stories. We're gonna interview some people about shortcuts and sort of what changes in their automation setup. And we're gonna do again the the workshops. In Discord, you know, get together, uh, take questions like technical questions from people about shortcuts, and uh, answer those questions. And maybe you know, maybe Jack will be able to join us there as well, or some other of our judges will need to. We'll, we'll have more details in terms of schedule and plans to share in the future, as well as you know, details for the prizes for the contest. Uh, all of this is kicking off April third. Uh, this is just a little teaser that we wanted to put out today, and. Uh, there's lots more to lots more you know coming out soon. I have uh, like I said the, um, some shortcuts that I've been working on and some more technical explanations that I'm gonna save for the club plus and premier members. But yeah, we're doing this again uh, before WWDC. Fun little tradition, and uh, I'm I'm excited. I love it, and it's a great time of year because I mean. The spring is like pretty quiet normally. <laughs> Nothing else is going. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, last year this did. Well, we we made fun of you for it. It spread into May, and then I think. Uh, oh, it, it will again. It will again uh, because we, we need a couple of weeks to adjudicate all of the different shortcuts. And people last year they sent a lot of shortcuts. Do you know how many how many you got last year? Are you willing to share if you remember? Oh, I don't. I, you know, I don't actually remember the, the okay. full number. I want to say that. Like it was, it was hundreds. It was not one thousand, but it was like, oh gosh, am I getting this wrong? Am I making this up that it was like seven hundred or something? Did I make this up? I don't know. I probably made 10, this up. Though. I just assigned yeah? John the task to tell us. So yes, perfect. <laughs> yeah, on, it was. I can tell you, it was a lot of shortcuts, and we needed to sift through all of them. Uh, I also want to say, uh, John. John replied with a shrug. <laughs> that was yeah, John that. Know, so not John helpful. Know. I also wanted to say that if you sent the shortcut last year and you didn't win in any category, but and you sent it last year already, but over the past year maybe you've tweaked the shortcut and you've changed the shortcut a little, uh, you can send it again. I mean, especially because, and I'm very uh, aware of this, shortcuts hasn't changed a lot over the past year. There are some new actions, some new things you can do, but it's very likely that some of your more advanced shortcuts, uh, you haven't been able to change them so much. So it's fine. As long as you didn't win in any existing category last year, again, I don't want to have repeat winners, like the same shortcut winning over and over and over. Uh, I don't think that's useful to anybody. Uh, but if you sent it last year, you didn't win anything, hey, send it again. You know, it's fine. Real-time follow-up. Uh, according to MacStories.net, uh, you had over 200 shortcuts submitted. Okay. That's good. awesome. All right. Okay, nice. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you're doing it again. And uh, I know it's a lot of work, but it is so much fun. So thank you for doing it. 
This episode of Connected is brought to you by Electric. Turning a small business into an empire takes work. You have to keep your ear to the ground for things that help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions because that's the reality of being a leader, being a boss. The team over at Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved the problem for you by operating as your IT department. So instead of spending time sorting through unused app licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering IT questions, you can focus on building your business. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. Delegation is so important as a business owner. And when you're just starting out, you basically have to do everything yourself, right? But over time, as your team grows, as your business grows, you can bring in experts in different areas. And that's what Electric is. If it's right into your team and uh, really takes that load off of off of you. So you can, you can go do what you need to do. For connected listeners... Electric is offering a free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. To sign up, just go to electric.ai slash connected. That's electric.ai slash connected. That's electric.ai slash connected. Go there now for your free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of the show and Relay FM. It is beyond mere iPhone rumor season. We are now in iPhone CAD leak season. Oh, my, nice. my favorite leveling up of the rumors when we start to get images. Mm. And uh, I know Mike and Jason have talked about this on Upgrade, and, and you know, these stories have been kind of uh, leaking out over the last couple of weeks. But I want to talk about them here in particular because of the mute switch. So amongst the rumors of the new iPhone, uh, there are reports that the those buttons on the side, on the left-hand side, so the, the mute ringer switch and the volume up and down, that those are going to really get their first big change in a long time. I mean, the ringer switch dates back to the original iPhone in 2007. It's it may be like the the most stable part of the iPhone design ever. And uh, they even kept the orange. And yeah, it's orange. And let some mm-hmm. now some phones it's white. So what? I just, yeah, instead of orange, it's white on some phones. Huh. If it's if you have like a some of the product red phones and I think some of the five C's like the red or the, the kind of red orange they use the design of contrast. But some people would say that the amount of information that you have is useless. I would say it is not all because I did not know that. <laughs> and I would hazard to say most people listening to this show just went, huh, like yeah, me huh. because nobody knows that except you. <laughs> so thank you. And so some of these. These rumors are that these phones are going to be capacitive, like touch-sensitive buttons. Then there's like the pressing-type mute button, which I think we've spoken about before, which is very hard to understand. Maybe it clicks in and stays there, then clicks back out. Uh, but Federico, I know this morning on Mastodon, you were talking about uh, the mute switch, and I wanted to see if you would unpack that here for us. I, w- I was talking, and the people attacked me. Well, hang on. I think you shot first, to be fair. That's a Star Trek reference. But then I was attacked. I was attacked, but no, I was. I wasn't. Re- I just like to say the word "attacked." I think it okay. sounds cool. Um, <laughs> he protect. He attack. You know. Um, so I have thoughts. <laughs> um, I have. I have strong opinions about this. Okay, uh, and I know that I am going to upset a portion of the listeners, including one of my co-hosts. I think, okay. and I wanted to say with the and don't take this the wrong way. Take this in a very loving way. I don't care um, because it's like, my what opinion. What does that mean? 
Well, it's you don't, like you, don't you know care when, if you upset when people, someone is that what tells you like yeah, when someone tells you well I don't care it's like I'm not I'm not being aggressive here I'm just saying I don't care if you disagree with me because I oh. firmly believe in my opinion okay. and I'm going to explain why my opinion is the best one. There it is. Okay. See, so you, no, you don't have to be like that, do you? Well, I, I can, I can, and I will. No, I, um, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say you can't be like that. I said you don't have to. <laughs> right? These are two <laughs> well, different come things. On, no, no. Come on, this is what people want from this podcast, and you know it. Uh, it's like, oh no, let's just have a, just have a serious conversation here. No, it's opinions. Okay. All okay. right. So. This idea, so we've been talking about this idea of Apple bringing a solid state button instead of the physical ringer switch to the iPhone for months. And there are people who have welcomed the idea and there have been other people like you to an extent, Michael, uh, firmly rejecting this idea of... Can you point to where I firmly rejected? Well, on, on Upgrade, for example. I didn't and, firmly and reject. I've never firmly rejected. Okay, well, maybe, maybe it's my impression. You have concerns, but I can tell you that there are people, there are other people on Mastodon and in, in the online places uh, firmly rejecting the idea of the ringer switch going away. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to see, and I tend to see this argument develop over, you know, across the online places um, of like, oh, but if, if the ringer switch goes away, how will I be able to feel the mute switch in my pocket? Yeah. This is the single most absurd theory I've heard <laughs> in a long time. Theory of what? This idea that a lot of people, people like feel me. the mute switch in their okay. pockets. Who said a lot of people? Well, the people who firmly believe in this idea seem to, you know, cooperate with one another and say, oh, there's a lot of people like us. Mm. And. There's literally dozens of us. There are, exactly. You get my yeah. point. Uh, there are multiple layers to this. First is the feeling of the mute switch, and the other is, uh, obviously, you're using a phone without a case. Mm -hmm. Because if, uh, you know, if, I would say that if you're able to quickly feel the ringer switch, it's because your phone doesn't have a case on. Mm, I don't agree with that. Okay. So I mean, it's easier when you don't have a case on, but when I used to wear a case, I used to be able to so feel it. So please tell me, please tell me with the lead, with the Apple leather case, for example. I've never used those. I use the silicone case. Well, see? So, like, uh, I, I just feel like silicone most cases, people would find it you know, challenging to feel this. But there's just two layers to this. Well, and the the Apple cases are are just like one type. A lot of people use cases that are much bulkier, exactly, than the Apple ones, or or cheaper than the Apple ones. Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, and I said it before, this idea of oh, use my phone without a case. Mm -hmm. This is by and large. I'm just gonna read straight from my notes. This is a rich nerd delusion. This is why. What what does that mean? Because most people who spend a lot of money on a phone. Uh huh. They want to put it immediately in a case. Okay. This idea that, oh, Apple carries my case. No. That's no. not, I don't even have Apple cares. <laughs> okay. So you just Apple like cares, to live Apple dangerously. Cares a scam. You no, just I've never broken an iPhone, except the okay. one that well, good I for you. quote unquote dropped to get the yeah. screen replaced. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? <laughs> but you got, you, you, would you agree? Would you agree that most people 
just they take the phone and they put it in the case right away. Definitely. Because I used to be that person. But like to go back to what you were saying before, I was that person and I could still use it because okay. I use the silicone case because I'm not made of money and buying the leather case. Would like you, you believe that you are one of the few that do this? Oh, 100%. I don't okay, think this is a, good. All right, cool. So, like, we are this, uh, this is a, when I like so when I'm saying like it will, I the thing that I'm concerned about is you won't be able to feel the thing. It's like that's just a thing that I do, so like it will bother me. I don't think everyone's doing what I'm doing, which is like oh, okay. so that you know, you go into the theater and they're like make sure your phone's on silent and I can just like reach into my pocket and check. Okay, but let's get to the second layer of this, you know, of this uh ringer switch onion. Um this idea that you, you you just feel the mute switch. Yeah. This is where I'm getting stuck upon. Right. I would say that 90% of people in my life, uh, you know what? I'm actually going to say 99% of people in my life That's that I know in real life. Everybody I know, rightfully so, keeps their phone silent. Yes. That's the only thing you should do. That's you don't want to be the guy with you know why if if you don't have silent mode on, and again there are exceptions you know I can understand why for example an elder relative needs to have <laughs> you know don't ground down don't by the opinions of person. the internet you know I am getting I am just statistically speaking you know most uh-huh. people should keep their phone silent because. Especially the, and especially you know let's let's keep, let's make it even more precise. Especially the people who listen to this podcast, there you go. I would wager they have their phone silent because they have AirPods, because they have an Apple Watch, because they have an iPhone with the haptic feedback thing. They can feel. And we the will phone get so many ringing. notifications. Like who wants exactly. their phone just like going like bah, 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 all day, exactly. You know, yeah. How often do most people really need to dig in there? In their pocket and be like, let me let me check the mute switch. Like, who is doing this? Who me. is doing okay, Mike? Why are you doing this? I just said it, right? You go to you go to the theater or something, right? Or you go to okay. a movie and they're okay. like, make sure your phone's on silent, and I just reach right. in and I can just do it. I could just do it by feel. All right, cool. Let me ask you. You do yeah. this because it's it's been available for a long time, forever, on the uh-huh. phone. You've gotten used to it. It's Okay. Yep. Don't you think it's a little bit of a waste of physical space on an iPhone to have a switch that you and few others at the theater they feel where whereas the the vast majority of people keep their phones silent all the time mm-hmm. and are at this point maybe just used to doing a software based Check-in with silent mode like they do on the iPad, like they do on Apple Watch? Oh, I 100% would prefer there to be no switch at all and I could, my phone could just always be in silent. Like, I'm not arguing okay. for... I'm not arguing that there's a switch. I'm arguing that what they are rumored to be replacing it with is worse. L- are, let me ask you, are you sure that in this argument, deep down, you don't already agree with me? About what? Deep down, you're in love with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's obvious. You know, but, you know, this is actually a strategy that I am. What I agree, what I'm, I'm agreeing with the point that you're making right now, which is like having a mute switch at all is not necessary. Like, okay. I personally would prefer there to be 
no switch, no button, nothing. And if I want to turn my phone into loud mode, I just go to control center. Like that's what I would prefer. Okay, good. All right, cool. But so, I uh, don't like this idea of like, if you're going to have one, what they're rumored to be replacing it with, which is a, a capacitive button yes. that has haptic th feedback, yes. is worse in every possible way than what is currently Well, on have the you tried it? But I can t here's what I know what's going to happen, right? So here's, the, here's my thing. Yeah. They're going to say to me, like I'm, I'm in somewhere. I'm so like, please make sure your phone is on silent, right? So I'm gonna want to check that. So like, I'll have to press. I'll press the button, and then like now I've now I've turned it onto loud mode, and I have to press it again to silence it. Like, I just don't like this. It's you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of two things: USB A and AirPods Pro two, right? So. You know, like that old idea that every time you want to plug a USB into the port, you have to do it twice, once, and then again, and then again, or like two or three times because you always get it wrong. I've been noticing this recently with AirPods Pro 2 where I'm in the street and I'm like, because the, the adaptive transparency is so good now that sometimes I think I have noise cancellation on. And the only way to check that is to, to do the thing and then I turn noise cancellation okay. on. Okay, yeah, it's a cycle. Transparency. Sorry. All right, yeah. so let me tell you why your concerns are misplaced okay. and why in two minutes you're going to be in, agree in agreement with me. If you're going to tell me I have to look at my phone, like yes. that's fine, but then there's no point putting the button. That's what I'm saying. If I have to look at the screen of my phone to see if I'm on silent mode, don't put but the button let there. me explain. But let me explain. I think so far we have assumed that this replacement for this ringer switch... Mm -hmm. is going to be a ringer switch. Mm -hmm. I think there's a much better opportunity for Apple here to take that physical space up there in the upper left corner of the iPhone and do something much more interesting with it. I want to believe, and you know, I, I'm pretty convinced actually, that Apple realized, look, we have this space here and people are used to reach out to this button here. But most people we have discovered, you know, 15 years, whatever, into the iPhone's existence, that most people keep their phone silent anyway. Like, that's just modern life and how it is, a modern social etiquette, whatever. I think there's a much better opportunity for Apple here to do a couple of things. First of all, to communicate in a couple of different ways whether silent mode is on or off. Uh, I, you know, you could consider a control center uh widget tile thing or even you know for those more preoccupied than than most people whether it's on or off a status bar icon like i could imagine a little status bar indicator that tells you hey uh silent mode is actually off your phone is going to make a sound so they can consider control center or even a status bar icon but i think there's a lot of potential here for a brand new type of button on the iphone Think of it like, you know, it's like the action button on the Apple Watch Ultra. There is a programmable button that you can use mm -hmm. to save time on your phone to do whatever, asterisk, you want to do with that button. The asterisk being whatever within, you know, a certain types of actions that Apple has pre-programmed for you. So, for example, imagine if you could press the button for immediate flashlight Press, press the button to open a messages conversation. Press the button for Siri. Well, no, Siri is already on the other button. Press the button for a shortcut. Press the button for a camera. Like, imagine all the different things you mm -hmm. could do with it. Imagine if the, it sounds lovely. And the other thing I want to mention is, by making silent mode, rather than being tied to a physical switch, 
if they are going to go the software way with it, it becomes a lot more useful and a lot more flexible when you consider how focus modes and shortcuts could integrate with it. Now you would be able to have a focus mode where your phone actually makes sounds in certain situations but where you must absolutely hear if someone is calling you. Mm. And the opposite is also true. You could also turn it off with a shortcut or with a focus mode. So I think I, the, the change I want to see is not just, yeah, we redid the physical switch, which, by the way, I would still welcome if it's still a physical switch, um, if it's only for the ringer switch, I'm sorry, because I find the current design, and I have always found the current design impossible to operate with the case on. I, I just, I'm trying now with my finger, and I just cannot toggle it. Yep. Just, I just cannot do it. Hmm, interesting. But second, I want to hope that they actually go beyond this, and that their thinking is, well, let's actually do something a little more useful and fun with that spot. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna do brand new buttons, and we're gonna let people choose what to do with it. Be very nice if that was the case. You. I told you. I will say though, I have a thing. I had a thought today, right? So these are, in theory, you're gonna get three capacitive buttons, right, mm-hmm. on the phone. Mm-hmm. Cases are gonna be worse. They're gonna have three cutouts, right? If it's capacitive, it needs to know that your finger's touching it. Yeah. To operate, so you're gonna yeah, have cases. I mean, it's gonna be full of cutouts. Uh, you know. We're getting used to, we'll get used to that. We get used to many things in life. It's, it won't kill you to have two more cutouts, you know? That depends, Whatever. I suppose. I mean, it won't kill I, you I because would like you don't to use a case. That it will be better. I hope it will be, which is why I'm not like against it. Like, I'm willing to see what they've got. Like, but I think the idea, the thing that I've had of like just being able to reach into my pocket and tell that my phone is easily on silent, I think that would just have to change. But I would be willing to give that up if I could have more software control over what is like what makes noise and what doesn't that would be cool i think it's i think it's super interesting they could go a bunch of different ways and uh the fact that it has been the same for so long like it's just really wild to think about Mm -hmm. and i think if we look at the iphone set was it the seven that was the first with the capacitive home button i think it was uh Yes. You know, that is an interesting example because it was a physical switch that when then was capacitive and they did the the taptic engine and stuff. And that didn't last very long, right? Because it was the seven, the eight, and then we went to the 10. But they did, I think they did a pretty good job with that. I mean, it was a little weird to get used to, but I think, you know, it did the job and it was, I think, a lot more robust than the previous home buttons. I mean, I think everyone at some point or another had, had experienced a home button failure on an iPhone before that. So they can do it. It's just going to be um, interesting to see what they what they do. It, it also reminds me of the iPad. For a while, the first several iterations, the iPad had uh, a switch on the side and you could eventually you could use it for either orientation lock, which mm-hmm. is how I used it, or mute ringer. And it, you know, I, I don't think orientation locks ma- matters nearly as much on the phone as it does on the iPad. But there is some precedence for Apple having a switch and then having software to like tell the switch what to do. Nice and so, good memory. Yeah. So I am hopeful that we do get some more customization like you're talking about Federico. I think it'd be really interesting. And the Apple watch ultra is right there and, you know, action button it up. That's what I say. 
I'm not going to like when I can't change the volume of my iPhone just by like pressing the buttons through my jeans or whatever though that's going to be annoying too like you have finger have to physically touch the button right to change the volume yeah but yeah and maybe there'll be issues with like gloves and other stuff we just don't know yet oh, we'll, there will we'll be, have to see for sure yeah with gloves so yeah although i mean i think a lot of people including me like even my like pretty good winter gloves have you know the index fingers have like passive material sewn on now yeah so. i don't have that i don't like the way that looks yeah well i mean it's like very E.T., like you know, a weird little pad on your finger or something. E.T., iPhone home. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ZocDoc. When someone is exceptionally good at what they do, could be a waiter, a chef, a doctor, a podcaster, you know you're in good hands. It's like seeing a waiter balance five trays of sizzling fajitas on one arm. I didn't write this copy, but I love Mexican food, and so like I'm here for it. Would you eat five trays of sizzling fajitas? No, you. I would be in the hospital. Like it's, That's so much food. <laughs> It's so you much that's food. A family order. That's probably it. you might need Zocdoc if you ate five <laughs> plates of. Oh, you, you oh, you tied it in because with Zocdoc, you can find the right doctor in a seamless fashion. The quality care you're after is just a few taps away in the Zocdoc app. Zocdoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. It's so important to find a doctor that you trust, that you uh, jive with, that you feel like you communicate openly with. And you know, I've changed doctors a few times over the years, and it's it's hard. It's hard to find that right person. And so with ZocDoc, you're going in with all this information in the app with other patients' comments, and it really makes the, the process much easier. When you're not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all of your energy. Uh, ZocDoc's free app is used by millions of people. You can use it to find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. You can book an appointment with a few taps in the app and start feeling better soon. Go to ZocDoc.com connected to download the ZocDoc app for free. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com connected. Then you can find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Once again, that's ZocDoc.com slash connected. Our thanks to ZocDoc for the support of the show and Relay FM. Have you guys heard of artificial intelligence? Have you come across this before? I think I, I um, is, it, is it the thing? Is it the thing that they use in video games so that the Goombas can kill you? Yes, so artificial intelligence was created <laughs> by Shigeru Miyamoto in 19... 19- right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, fa- I'm familiar, I'm familiar. Uh. Yes. So, Stephen, I think, put this in the document? I have felt like the AI things we have out there, like everything from mid-journey to chat, GPT, everything in between, they're interesting, obviously, with Bing, they've been productized, but uh, Microsoft has announced Microsoft 365 Copilot. Copilot, you may recognize, that's branding from GitHub, which Microsoft owns. Yep. Where their AI can like help you write code. And some people love it, some people hate it. That's not the debate today. Uh, but they're bringing like features to Microsoft 365. And this means that when you are in an Office application, so say that you are in Word or you're in Excel or PowerPoint or their new Notion uh, competitor kind of is actually in beta, I think, as of today. I did not know that was a thing that they did, but it makes yeah, perfect sense. Uh, yeah. Loop, yeah, it's actually pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, it looks, no it looks awesome. That. I, I want to play with it. Um, huh. But they're bringing this into 
their apps. And you may think, if you're of a certain age, Stephen, this sounds like Clippy. It looks like you're trying to write a, a letter. Let me help you. Um, hopefully it's uh, better than that, but it's very similar. What if Clippy had a brain? Yeah, what yeah, if- <laughs> exactly. What if Clippy was powered by thousands of GPUs in the cloud? Mm. And, and so you can use uh, within the applications uh, these tools to complete certain tasks and oh my god this is just notion yeah it's, oh, the- it's literally notion yes it's literally notion they just made yeah, notion they- man yeah. my microsoft are relentless Ruth, right now I, I, yes. I kind of it's interesting i kind of like it in a way kind of don't like it in other ways but like it's fascinating to watch and it's just like who would have thought i'm sorry i'm stepping on your topic right no, now no, Steve, you're good. but like who would have thought that we'd be back here again where microsoft mm. are like dangerous <laughs> you know it's just like they are they have all of it you know like mm-hmm. they are ready to go and they're gonna gobble 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 the competition yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and as kate points out notion has ai features too it's in a lot of places now yeah but it kind of doesn't matter right like this is the microsoft thing right now it's like why teams have destroyed slack it doesn't matter yeah. that employees it doesn't sorry it doesn't matter that other apps have it the issue is microsoft come in and say well you're already paying for this so like we can give it for free or basically free so like it doesn't matter what their competitors have like microsoft are able to take up so much ground right now because business runs on office anyway yes and so it's like it's if they even have a mildly good version of it it's going to be better for your Mm -hmm. business than if you use whatever right so like that's what they're doing and it's genius yeah, and so we have a collection of links in the show notes. You can go and and uh, and uh, read through them it's about some of the things that this can do. So you can do sort of the, hey, I need a uh, a letter that says this in this style, and it will put something together. But you can also give Copilot documents or access to documents, and it will summarize them. It can uh, be present on a Teams meeting and give you notes from the meeting like all sorts of stuff and this is it's a very small program right now like i don't think anyone just has access to it to it yet but uh it's it's going to be coming and it's it, it's interesting to me because it's microsoft and, and like you said microsoft is like eating its wheaties all of a sudden <laughs> it's like ready to go but this is where i think a lot of you know sort of regular people who don't listen to tech podcasts who just have, you know, regular jobs that they use office all day, every day, it's going to be their first experience with some of this technology. And that feels like a really big deal to me. It feels like, okay. And being was sort of step one of this, but being is really small. So, you know, office, I think is much bigger. This is where like people are just going to come across this during their day and, and use it. And they may not, fully understand what it can or can't do or what it is or isn't good at. I think that will have to be, that will have to be shaken out within organizations over time. Like there will be organizations. I got a a handful of of emails from various people like, yeah, I'm sure you saw this. Uh, We will not be turning this on in our organization, right? Because they don't want uh, Copilot to have access to their, their data or whatever. So there's lots of complications Mm. here, but it's uh, it seems like a really big deal that this is going to be baked into Office, and it does kind of lead to the question because Google Docs has the basic things as well. Although, if you've played with any of Google's or like watched the video on Bard, like clearly they're behind OpenAI and Microsoft. But do we need this in 
numbers and pages of Keynote too? Is this something that, you know, makes Office more attractive to y'all? I kind of want to get get the get the temperature on it. I think I think the Apple discussion is actually maybe a discussion we should have separately at some point in the future. But okay. like the answer is probably yes. I know the answer is yes, right? Like all of their competitors will be adding these features. Apple have to find a way to do it in a way that makes sense for them. But like this this co-pilot thing in, in Office is the first AI tool that I have been excited about, interested in, and makes Same. sense to me. Yep. Because what I, you know, Cortex systems have heard me talk about this before. I've spoke about other shows too, right? Like what I don't like about some of the stuff that exists out there currently is it is just using a model which is generated from other people's work to and like people just like, oh, make me this thing. And it's just like makes a thing, right? Like show me yep. an image of Steve Jobs on in space. It's like somebody could draw that. And like instead you've just asked this thing to just spit it out. And it's just like, creating this new work based on other people's work where a lot of the features that we're seeing in Copilot, it's like using the system, which yes, has been pulled from text, but I think text on the web is slightly different when so much of it's about SEO anyway, but that's a whole different conversation. Like the, this kind of stuff is like taking my work and using this tool to make it something else. Like here's a presentation I have make a PowerPoint for me. It's like, this is all, I'm in the loop here, 100%, right? Or like, here's my spreadsheet. Can you organize this into some charts and stuff? Mm -hmm. It's like just taking out the work where I was otherwise going to need to be like Googling to get the formulas when I don't understand how to use them. Like this to me makes a lot of sense for the kinds of things that I want to be doing. And it also has, I think, significantly to somewhat less of the ethical concerns that I have around where this information comes from and what it's replacing. Yes. I feel the same way. Yes. Yeah. Cause in a way it has a fence around it, right? It's like, okay, I want you to look at these documents and synthesize something new out of them. You know, we've all passed examples around on Mastodon and discord and Slack of like, look at this wildly inaccurate thing that, chat gpt said right or now bard because bard makes chat gpt look like a road scholar but i think you're right that this is like different and and i think i think it's exciting i i do think that there is you know there's potential fallout and i think there's potential uh concern in a lot of organizations about you know what it will do and are people going to be replaced by this robot or something and I, I don't know any of the answers to that i'm not smart enough to know any of that but I do think this is like a fundamental shift where, okay, mm -hmm. basically the world runs on office. And once this is widely available in organizations, uh, it is a, a, a change. And I, I think, I think for me up until this point, it's been part of me, part of my, my thinking on the AI tools that we have, I kind of been like, well, this is like a fad. Like this is like the new, uh, chat bot. Right. And, and or the new whatever you know we've been in this industry long enough we've seen fad technology come and go and it's like okay microsoft entering the ring is really interesting making it a feature of office 365 that's a lot harder to unwind than oh we we made this like weird web tool and then 
it just goes away one day because it's not fashionable anymore. Like mm. this is a bigger commitment than anything we've seen from any of these companies so far. And it's, uh, and that makes me kind of step back and think like, okay, this is more important than maybe I felt like it was up until now. Does that, does that make sense? Does that track? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's especially, um, if you're, if you're someone else, if you're Apple, and maybe we should save the discussion for another time, but I think it's especially scary when you consider how they're bringing these all together. Like, it's not just like individually Word, PowerPoint, and Excel, but it's like Outlook is going to have all of this. Outlook Mobile is going to have all of this. And they've sort of been on this mission for the past two years or so to reinvent like the very structure of the office ecosystem so that everything is going to be based on components. And all of these components are going to come together into the notion copycat immediately that, that they made, Loop, which is in beta preview today. But I think... Like you look at it today and it looks like a Notion copy, doesn't have an API, doesn't, not nearly as flexible as Notion, but it's scary when you consider that Loop is tying together apps and services that m- m- hundreds of millions, yes, billions yeah. of users rely yeah. on. So you can- Anyone in professional work is using Office. At least some somehow, right? Even people like me and Mike have Office installed because we get sent work documents we have to deal with, right? And like, <laughs> we all do. We all everybody do. does. And it's like you know, you're saying about the API, Federico it doesn't need an API because it just pulls from Office. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. Why does it need an API? Like that's how that's their that's what they're saying. Like that's what they would say. And I agree with them. Like for their for their strategy of like, no, don't use a different whatever app. Just use our one. And when you and Adam from the Discord saying Open Doc finally realized in many ways yes mm-hmm. this is actually the vision of like what if everything was a you know based on components and you can mix and match these components into this sort of uh, amorphous type of document that is not a document but also is a live document with multiple components from other places yes that's exactly the idea but when you on top of this when you consider how they're touching upon email with Outlook and personal to-dos with Microsoft to-do is going to be compatible with this. Like, I think they've actually built a pretty... They are building a very compelling ecosystem for big companies, but also like small to medium businesses. I think this is going to be very compelling as, as, a, as a strategy to be like, okay, I guess we can have to-dos and we can have projects and we can have Loop and Office and email going into Outlook and everything comes together and then we can chat in Teams and there's AI to help make sense of all of this along yep. the way. Yep. Uh, you know. It's... Copilot's there to just help you mm-hmm. out all the time. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, to touch on something you were saying a moment ago, Stephen, about like the fad nature of it. Like, I understand that, that feeling. But at the same time, I feel like right now we are, I mean, this is not an original thought at all, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Like, we are living in a truly unprecedented time in technology. Like, the speed at which these AI tools are improving. I can't think of any technology that was introduced and then improved so dramatically in such a short space of time. Yeah. Like, it's obscene yeah. how how big a leap yes. that it's jumped in less than five, less than six months. Like, I, it's, unbe- it's like an unbelievable thing. Like, it, it's really wild. And I also wanted to share with you both, I had lunch with a friend yesterday, we talk about this stuff, like everyone is now, right? You have any kind of tech... Anybody in technology, everyone's just talking about this stuff. I had I had a realization that I think 
if you guys agree with me, you will be equally as uncomfortable with. Because of these tools, right? Like realistic text can be generated so easily. I'm sure that you both, like me, get lots of not spam email, but like that middle ground email where it's like, hey, here's a pitch. Hey, here's a thing. Hey, here's a thing. I think within five years, I will not be able to use email anymore because when people hook Mm. these bots up to email, it's game over. It's impossible. I won't be able to open my email inbox. I will be getting hundreds of emails a day that will look real. The worst ones I get right now is like, it looks like it's a a threaded reply. And Mm -hmm. so Samebox, which is a sponsor of some other stuff I do, like Samebox misses it because it's like, read the phone call we had last week. And like, they they do like fake threading in the email and it's it's wild. I just got one. Literally just got one. (laughs) Hey, Connected. My name's Dan. I'm a tech founder in the podcasting space. I'm trying to make a real impact in how podcasters could land higher quality brand deals. Like, I get this stuff constantly. And at the point where these two things can happen, of one, you can have AI writing them, and then two, AI learning the ways to break through to my inbox. Our email interactions in the future are going to be like the Rorschach test from the first scene in Blade Runner. We're, we're going to need to evaluate whether the incoming message is from a, an AI bot or from a real person. Yeah, I, I Genuinely, I just don't think that I will be able to, to use email anymore. I think I'll, I'll have to do something else like you know there's there's gonna be services that are gonna scan your inbox for messages that were sent to you from other ais yeah but i, I what i'm saying i could see that but i also just don't think it's gonna work like probably not I, probably we, not, you know yeah. we, as steven just said like we all use a tool right which finds this stuff and gets rid of it but then people trick it until they re- like it's cat and, it's like a cat and mouse game right yeah, yeah. so like yeah. eventually these tools learn to to realize these things but then you just do something else so like i just don't think that it's going to be I, I think the open nature of email will crumble to this kind of technology we'll see i mean th- there's so many knock-on effects from it's touching from, everything yeah and like i don't think yeah. anyone i mean i i, I don't i think I speak for all three of us. None of us are experts in this field, but I think even if you are an expert in this field, this is new territory, and it's just uh, accelerating, like you said, Mike, really, really pretty quickly. So I've decided also that I'm like I'm giving into it now. Like I'm now trying to find the things that I find interesting because like I can't just keep resisting this forever because this is technology now. So like oh, yeah, I'm well. trying to open myself up to this and like I'm now like all right so this I found one thing that I find interesting which is copilot so there can be interesting things to me here now I've just got to find more of them I started paying for a chat gpt plus what do you use it for uh it's excellent for editing or like grammar checking for example mm, okay you see, it's what you were saying about like, this is my content and I'm using AI to do something helpful that my human brain cannot do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't feel sort of, well, it's always based. You're not saying, hey, GPT-4, write me may, an article it, yeah, to introduce automation. It's April. the creation aspect that yeah. I'm uncomfortable with. Now, yeah. if, now, technically speaking, the editing aspect is also powered by text that was lifted by, you know, other people's text but it's the illusion that you're not breaking you know with your own content i think so yeah i'm giving into it now because there's like uh, uh, what you just said like what's the point this is our life now so you 
either get on with the times or I mean, you can, you know, or you or not, but you're gonna. F- I mean, I could choose to be like grumpy about this forever if I want to, but I just don't. You know me, I just don't like to be that way. Plenty so of I'm, blogs and podcasts by grumpy people. Yes. And so I'm, I'm just like, I'm trying to find the things that are interesting to me that I feel are less like ethically gray, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of them. Yeah. Like you know, I was thinking the other day, right? You know that whisper model? We're definitely all in there. Like a hundred percent. Like they trained that on podcasts. Like that's where they got that. I mean, I can tell you that I gave it the whole catalog of app stories personally. So no, but like the model before you even tried, like that's I don't know if the information you give to it trains the model further. Like I I don't know the answer to that. But like the model that they made, the OpenAI made, one hundred percent they used. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. every single podcast they could get their hands on because why not? It's like free and available content. It's like easy. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Setapp. With all the excellent tools available to us now, looking for something new to improve the way we work can feel like drowning in an ocean of different apps and services. That is dark. That's how it feels. There's a lot of stuff on the market, and not all of them are worth your time and money. And what's more, many of us are paying for apps and services that we never properly integrated into our workflows. So how do you know which apps are worth trying without emptying your wallet on subscriptions that you might forget to cancel in the future? The answer, my friends, is SetApp, a platform that combines more than 230 powerful macOS and iOS apps and tools, all under one $9.99 subscription. Their selection of apps is super helpful for people who use their Mac to get their work done, covering complete use cases like coding, designing, project, time management, and more. Once subscribed, you get full access to all the paid features of these apps, as well as new apps that are constantly being added to the library. So you'll always be sure that you're not missing out on anything that can actually help you get your work done more efficiently, all for just a fraction of the price. Setup is a smart way to get apps for people who create value with the help of their Apple devices. It takes away the pain of looking up, comparing, buying, and managing separate apps and all the license keys and all the stuff that goes along with it. SetApp partners with some of the world's best developers to handpick the most trustworthy and advanced paid apps for SetApp. SetApp is awesome if you, like like the ad says, if you're using your Mac at work and you're looking for that tool to improve your workflow, to make things more efficient, instead of spending a bunch of time on a bunch of websites or Googling things randomly, the SetApp team has done all the work to curate an amazing collection. And that's really what I love about it. Setup even makes sure to remove outdated tools to keep their collection up to date with the best software around. If you have a complex task to solve, you can delve into their app collections. And for peace of mind, every app is updated automatically with no annoying ads to distract you. And you can install and uninstall apps with a single click. Check out Setup today by trying it out for seven days for free. Go to stpp. Dot co slash connected. That link is in the show notes, but it's stpp.co slash connected to try it completely free for seven days. Setup powers you up. Our thanks to Setup for the support of the show and Relay FM. It is time, my friends, for something I'm calling picking an heir to oh, the throne. Oh. Okay. I, uh, and I don't think I'm going anywhere. But you never know. What is happening? What are we talking about? Are you dying? I don't think so. 
But, you know, I, I feel like I've taken on the mantle of Apple Historian. Oh. And I want to know which of the two of you would be a, a, an heir once it's, you know, once I retire or chat GPT comes for me or whatever. Are you trying to do a quiz but not call it a quiz? Yes. Turns okay. out quiz was uh, trademarked. Oh, my God. And so I couldn't do it. So I have 10 questions. This is intellectual property theft. I have 10 questions. Not again. Not from you. This is oh, IP theft. <laughs> 10 questions. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Now. I'm going to need more wine. No, no. I want to Wait, test... have you been drinking? <laughs> yeah, he started drinking wine. It's like a whole thing. Uh, I want to potentially put something interesting into this. This is about oh, no. trust. Oh, God. You're going to put points into this. I want to see if Stephen has trust in me. We can put this into the quizzes, and I play for you. Oh. But you got to trust me. Well, you did not deserve a quiz today. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> I, think, I think we keep it separate, but that is very interesting. Oh, uh, see, he doesn't trust me. I wanted to see if he trusts me. Let's see if he learns to regret this. Well, I feel like that could be... That could be construed as like me and you ganging up on Federico, which this is not. But so. I had no idea. I think we all know collusion. Yeah, but yeah, the see? ganging up could go in the other way though, because I could also do really bad to tank your score. That's true. But That's never true. mind. Collusion. Okay, I, so I put it out there. How this works? There's ten questions. You, I'm going to award a point for whoever is closest. Okay. okay. Because uh, some of these are extremely specific, and then there is a bonus round. There's enough points available in the bonus round that it, it's all up for grabs. So I hate games like that. No, don't do that. Question. I hate games like that. When it's like the whole the whole point of doing the quiz doesn't make any point because you just get the last question. This is how you beat me in the last founders quiz. And I continue to find it as a disrespect from Kathy to me. Wow. Well, I mean, we all know what part of the organization Kathy's in. So Exactly. So collusion. Collusion. So you will get a point the, uh, for whoever is closest, no half points or anything. Uh, and then the bonus round, which we'll get to, you could you could you could do pretty poorly in the main quiz and walk away with it if you do well in the bonus round. So ten questions, okay? They are this time all hardware related. And how how are we doing this? Because you asked us to have a pen and paper, so like that's for the bonus round. Oh, okay. So there is an inherent trustworthiness in these quizzes that say that I ask a question and Federico answers it first. Mike, you could change your answer based on what Federico said. Now I'm going to alternate between the two of you to help balance that out. But there is a level of trust. I think at this point we all understand how podcast quizzes work. You know what I mean? You're, are, you, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Hmm. Federico, you were up first. Uh, you, Of course, we both get to answer, but you, you get to answer first on this one. What year was the Intel transition announced? Uh... 2003. Okay. Mike? 2006. It is 2005. So Mike gets the point. I got an Intel iMac for my uh, 18th birthday, so that was how I tried oh, to rough geez. that one out. I will have uh, proof URLs in the show notes. So There are no consequences for losing this game, right? Um, the mean, loser is... Shame. Shame. It's... Okay. Eternal shame. Well, no, I think I there's a reverse, right? Because he said it was the what did you call it? The heir to the throne. Uh -huh. So the winner inherits Stephen's backup, Devon think thing, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's all, it's all yours. I hope you got a big SSD handy. <laughs> 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 all right. So Mike gets the point there. Uh, Mike, you are first on the next question. 
Name the first two Macs to use Intel processors. iMac and MacBook. Okay, I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'm going to go with iMac and MacBook, too. So you're equally wrong. Is oh. The iMac and the MacBook Pro. Wow. wow. So okay. I'm going to call that a draw. No, no points awarded. Question number three. Federico, you're at first. Hmm. What does B-Y-O-D-K-M mean? Yeah, please uh, remember, uh, remind me the, the acronym again. Bring your own. Uh, what are the other letters? Uh, DKM. Display keyboard and mouse. Yeah, bring your own display keyboard yeah. and mouse. Very good. I came across a, bl- a blog post that's titled To BYODKM or Not to BYODKM, <laughs> which that's good. made me laugh. That's good. Mike, what yeah. was the shortest-lived iPad model, and how long was it on sale? Hmm. The, oh, my God. I know which one it was, right? Like, I can tell you things about it, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But what was its model? It was iPad. What, what is the question? Uh, what year was it? What was the shortest-lived iPad model, and how long was it on sale? I'm going to say iPad for six months. Okay. I think it was the third generation iPad that was replaced by the iPad 4. And it was on sale for about, uh, yeah, I want to say six to seven months. Okay. I'm going to give it to Federico. It is the third generation iPad. Apple called it the new iPad. It was the first Retina one. Yeah. It was announced seven months after it went on sale its replacement and then it it was replaced after eight months so eight months on the market uh see i thought the one that came after was called the new ipad so the one that they got rid of was called the new no, ipad the new ipad was the was the third one which was replaced by the lightning version of it which is the ipad 4 and had a better gpu that that was the thing yeah. i knew is that it had the 30 pin and it was replaced by the lightning one yeah yeah that was a weird time <laughs> <laughs> it's really it was weird. Very strange. Yeah. And I'm so happy they stopped calling it the new iPad. Oh, so bad. That was just the worst name. So bad. All right, you each have two points. You all are doing well. Uh, Federico, you're up first. How many models of Macintosh Performa did Apple sell in total? <laughs> are you asking like unit sales or model numbers? Uh, uh, how like- many uh, discrete models? Okay. Yes, good good clarification. Thank you. Performa, um, Performa models? Like mm-hmm. they, they were called Performa in the name? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, six. This is closest wins? Yep. 25. The correct answer is 70. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> I, I really wanted to say 60, but yeah. I just figured I knew it was loads, so I wanted to, but I didn't know how many, so when he went so low. Wow. 70 according just... to every Mac. I looked at a couple <laughs> different sources. I wow. settled on every Mac, so 70. That was a stupid time. It really wow. was. It was so dumb. Uh, that link is in the show notes. People can go look at it. It's Like, bonkers. how many years were they selling those for? Uh, let me see. I mean, like, off the top of my head, like six or seven years? Maybe not even that So long. they did like 10 Let's devices see. a year. Uh, 1992 through 1997, so five years. Yeah. And it, that is inflated a little bit because if it came with like a bigger hard drive, it got a different model number, but that was the literal problem. So 70, 70 total. Michael, the Macintosh 2FX could run you as much as 10,000 
$969 when it was new in 1990. How much is that in today's dollars? How much was it? 10969 10, In 1990. Yep, it was a nice, a nice time. Uh, yep, $22,000. How much is it again? $10,969 in 1990. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Y'all basically split it, but Mike's a little bit closer. It's twenty-five thousand two hundred and forty-eight dollars today. Oh, man. When I said it, I thought I went too high, like way too high. Well, if you look at like the inflation history chart, uh, a couple of years ago, you'd have been too high, you know. But uh, <laughs> very expensive computer. Can Thanks, you imagine macroeconomic headwinds? Can you, yeah? Can you imagine twenty a twenty five thousand dollar Mac? Like you could just buy off the shelf, not even like a that you that was like a base spec you could order and then go. That was from the there. starting price. Yeah, you could add on like extra memory and stuff. Wow. Yeah. So much money. Man, and we complain now. So much money. All right, so that goes to Mike. Uh, Federico, What's the you. Score? Uh, the score is Mike has four, Federico has two. Okay. But we got a long way to go. So, Federico, how much did the original MacBook Air weigh? And is it more or less than the current M2 MacBook Air? Less than a pound, and it's less than today's model. I will also say less than a pound because I have no idea and more than today's model. Okay, so Federico wins. It was three pounds. The M2 weighs 2.7. So it was slightly more than the air. Y'all are both off, but Federico is less wrong. So okay. Federico gets it. Wait, how do we define less wrong? Uh, he he, he, he said... Point. I feel like we had a question earlier where we were split like that, but... Hey, I'm going to let you go with it. I mean, the, the quiz you, master. you know, the crown is going to do what it does. Master. When run on master. four AAA batteries, what was the expected battery life on the original Newton? Eight hours. No, mm. that doesn't make sense. Mm. Wait, can you define that? What does that m- mean, battery uh, life? Screen, screen I, I believe from what I read, we're talking about screen on time. 15 hours. Okay. I feel like that's so wrong. I have no idea. I'm going to say three hours. Mike gets it 14 hours. Wow. (laughs) Wow, Newton, good job. Also, though, that thing chewed through batteries. Like, that's the problem, right? Four AAA batteries. (laughs) You would need four batteries at least every five days? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. They had a rechargeable option, but it was even worse. Still better than a Sega Game Gear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. think about the time, right? Uh, eventually, they did get better, but yeah, I was shocked that it was only fourteen hours. I guess it was like you had to just use rechargeable lithium-ion batteries, right? So, if they even had them, I mean, the, the Apple had a battery pack you could do, or you could use the AAA's. Oh, they were AAA. AAA, yeah, the, wow. the little ones. Federico, yeah. What is the only Mac that isn't made anymore, but was never canceled? <laughs> Cancelled as in popular culture cancelled? However you want to interpret the question. Uh, that is it had a, it had some bad takes on Twitter and was cancelled. That is so the a Mac that was that is no longer for sale, mm-hmm. but it was never officially cancelled. Correct. And it's the only. The only. Well, it's the uh trash can Mac Pro. Michael? 
MacBook? The G4 Cube. Apple's wow. press release said it was put on ice. I knew this. As soon as you said it, I remember the 20 Max episode. I honestly thought you were both going to get it, because I know Federico and uh, I share love for the Cube. So, yeah, But I don't share that love. No. That's annoying. That's that really is annoying. called... PR didn't want Steve Jobs to get mad at them. So they just put it on ice instead. Mm, so okay. with one question left, uh, Mike has five and Federico has three. Not that literally any of it matters. Because the bonus round is coming. Mike, you're up first. How many discrete models of iPhone have there been? Now, I am not counting color or storage capacity. So for instance, the iPhone is a model. The iPhone 3G is a model. So how many of their, those have there been? 19. Okay. Federico? Uh, Wait, you're asking like generations? Or are you also saying like Pro, Pro Max? That, what's the... Pro what? and Pro Max would be two models. Oh. Whoa. Can I re... Yes, yes. No? I should have been more clear. Yes, <laughs> okay, you can, you yeah. can re-guess. Okay. I'm sorry. This is my first time. My, I'm a first time quizzer. It's complicated, right? Like, yes. Question, question forming is really hard. Uh, okay, so how many models of iPhone have there been, not including colors and storage? Everything else is on the table, right? Mm hmm. 29. Okay. Uh, 35. Federico gets it almost exactly right. There have been 38. Ooh, that's a lot of iPhones. Yeah, that number was way higher than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy that I, <laughs> I got another chance yes. at that, at least. So at the end of the regular quiz, Mike has five. And Federico has four. So very close. You both have done well. So now I believe uh, you each have something to write or type into. Yep. Yeah. Is there a preference for you there? No, no. I just don't want y'all. I want you to do your thinking quietly for this one. And then we will give our answers. That's really good for a podcast. Well, I'm going to play hold music. Excellent. I've already thought about this. It won't be in real time. Uh, so I'm going to give you uh, 30 seconds to write down as many iMac G3 colors as you can. And I, I will count us in. Hey Siri, start a 30 second timer. All right, go. All right, time's up. So I have a question for you, which I wanted to ask before, but then the time started. Do you mean like how they called them? Yeah, the yeah, actual names. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so, Federico, you are uh, coming up from behind, so I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so I went with Tangerine. Okay. Bondi Blue. Okay. Flower Power, Red, Gray, and Green. So uh, you get three for uh, Bondi, Tangerine, and Flower Power. Okay. All right. Mike? Bondi Blue, Tangerine. Dalmatian, Flower Power, Green, Blueberry, Graphite, Red, Yellow. Wow. So, Mike, you get a point for Bondi, Tangerine, Blueberry, Graphite, and Flower Power. Wow. Is Dalmatian not one? Blue Dalmatian. Oh, get the hell out of here, Steve Jobs. So, so I know, I know. So I'll give you the full list. Uh, Bondi, Strawberry, Tangerine, Grape, Lime, Blueberry. Those are the five flavors. There's actually no yellow iMac G3, even though it was on our T-shirt back in the day. Mm. Uh, graphite, Indigo, Ruby, which is like a dark red, Sage, which is a dark green, Snow, 
flower power, and Dalmatian. So at the end of the quiz, Mike has 10 points. Federico has seven. Well done, boys. Thank you. That was fun. Good. You're finally putting all that knowledge to good use. You get to use Devon Think, Mike. Yeah. I can't wait, baby. <laughs> I'm going to think so much. All right. So uh, this may come back at some point if y'all... I hope it does. Oh, good. Good. I uh, hope y'all enjoyed that. This feels like a quiz for grown-ups. My quiz is madness. This is very difficult. Very difficult. <laughs> it was a very different vibe. Right, I like the vibe. The vibe here is a thinking. This is a thinking person's quiz. Mm-hmm. Mine's just like, what movies do people think you like? <laughs> <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. So I've been thinking about this for a little while, and I did have an idea for a quiz I'm not going to do, so I'll share the idea. And it was like a twist on the passionate ones, and it was who of the two of you know me better? But then I thought I would be the real loser in that one, so... I'll take that one. I'm going to put that one in my quizzes list. Thanks very much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves Mike most? <laughs> I'm going to call it. Uh, there we go. Yeah. The first question was going to be, what's my real age? <laughs> what is my real age? Uh, 30. 37? Uh, 8. 37. Well, I think that does it for this episode of Connected. If you want to find links to all the stuff we spoke about, there's a lot of links today. Check them out in your podcast player, or you can check them out on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 442. I have two things I'd like to draw your attention to. One is the submit feedback link. It's in both places. There you can share feedback or follow up uh, follow up with us. <laughs> follow up. <laughs> follow up. up. Follow up. <laughs> follow up up and away with us. <laughs> We've been talking for a long time, okay? Yeah. <laughs> True. Follow up. Uh, it's follow a lovely up. little form we've built there. You can even keep your feedback anonymous if you want. My favorite is when people keep their feedback anonymous but put their email address in. For people that are doing that, I don't understand you. Like those I don't are, know those, why people are doing that. Those are the that. real hackers. You know, yeah. they're anonymous, but they still want to be reached over email. They, they want they don't want <laughs> you to know their name, but they want they want to give you a direct way to communicate. Yeah, I don't know your name, but your email address is johnsmith at gmail.com. Okay, <laughs> Genuinely, John. that happens quite a lot. Yeah, it does. Email's not a required field in the form. For the, for this very reason, we had this exact conversation internally. Uh, you can also, on the web and in your podcast player, sign up for Connected Pro. Connected Pro is a longer, ad-free version of the show each and every week. It's a real fun time, so go check that out. It's just $5 a month or $50 a year. You can find us all online. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, soon to be home of Automation April. You do not oh, want to miss that. Be mm-hmm. sure to be following along at Mac Stories. You can find Federico on Mastodon at mastodon.macstories.net, and he is Vatici there. You can find uh, Mike on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. He is also the co-founder of Cortex Brand. You can check that out on the web. And you can find Mike on uh, Mastodon at mike.social as iMike. You can find me on Mac Power Users every Sunday afternoon here on Relay FM. I also write 512pixels.net. And I am ismh at eworld.social over on Mastodon. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week that made the show possible. Fitbod, Electric, ZocDoc, and Setapp. Until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.